Big Ten Plus Four is a member of Odd Pods Media and ASAP All Sports All Plays Network. Hello, good morning, and welcome into Big Ten Plus Four. We bring you college sports with a Midwest perspective. We are blue collar and blue blood. I am Sam Sprunger. I am your host today. Dalton, uh, not normally on a Friday. He, I know he'd been here the past couple of Friday or a couple of uh, or Friday or two. Uh, not his normal day. Wednesdays are normally his day. He was here on Wednesday. We got to talk to Mike DeCourcy and talk a lot of bracketology uh, on the men's side. Uh, wanted to dive into a little bit of what he had uh, uh, talked about as well uh, a little bit down the road. A lot happening, uh, a lot of positions being jockeyed, games uh, results from last night and and the night before and things like that. They, they're, they're kind of filling out where teams can finish. Uh, we're going to look at the, the men's standings and the women's standings as well. Uh, a lot happening. So uh, games last night, big game in Champaign on the men's side. The big game in, in Champaign on the men's side, Northwestern traveled to Illinois to play the Illini. And oh my goodness, this was a game of two halves. Completely, well, actually, I'm sorry. The game of two, uh, uh, of, a, of one, uh, one and a half halves and a half of another. Because Northwestern came out with some fire. They held a they held a good lead for most of the time. Boo Booey absolutely exploded and went off in the first half. Scored twenty two points. Uh, I do believe he only missed a couple or three shots total in the first half. Just a a, a great a great first half of of a basketball game for Boo Booey and Northwestern. And they they seem to to be writing it and, and and actually not giving up when it came to getting into the second half and not having a second half let down. It didn't appear anyways. And and I mean, ten minutes left in the game, they're up by fourteen, and that's when <clears throat> excuse me, Terrence Shannon Jr. scored fourteen of the last uh, twenty two points, I think, for Illinois. Scored twenty two of his tw- or 24 of his 26 in the second half. He outdid Boo Booey. Now Boo Booey 22 in the first half, he still had 13 in the second. But Illinois at that 10 minute mark turned it around and was able to pull out the the win against Northwestern. So that does a lot in the in the uh the grand scheme of things, I guess, uh, that now makes it a two game lead for Purdue. And we'll look at the standings again. Like I said, it's two game lead for Purdue. So that puts a lot of, of incentive, even more incentive, uh, for the game against IU on Saturday, a lot of conversation, uh, going on with, uh, our, our topic from, uh, Wednesday with Mike DeCourcy about the freshman of the year. We have a Twitter poll up. Uh, there's still a few days left of it, so we're gonna 
I want I want to share that is uh, you go to Big Ten Plus Four. You got to spell out the plus at Big Ten Plus Four on Twitter. You'll find our Twitter poll at the top of our page. Okay, you will, uh, and it and it's simple. Who do you have as the Big Ten Freshman of the Year? Your choices are 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 three players, and then the infamous comment below. But we have Braden Smith from Purdue, which Mike DeCourcy and I both think that is deserving of the freshman of the year. Fletcher Lawyer, who is many argue that he's the better freshman on Purdue. So Braden Smith isn't even the best freshman on his team. So how could he he be the freshman of the year? We've explained it. I've explained it multiple times. Mike DeCourcy spoke about the same thing. He's got his hands in so many things. And they're producing at such a very high level and productive level that we we both think that Braden Smith holds the award. Uh, Dalton mentioned after Mike uh, Mike left, he brought up Jalen Hood Shafino, and this is an interesting one as well because he averages more than Braden Smith. They're comparative on their stats. Very compar- compar- uh, comparative. They both play the same position. If you were to tell me Jalen Hood Shafino is your choice for freshman of the year, I would not argue with you. But at the same time, I feel that Braden Smith and the expectations of Purdue and what he has done as the floor general on a team that wasn't expected to do what they are doing this year has garnered him more favor to be the player of or the freshman of the year. I'm not saying Jalen Hood Shafino is 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 dog food here. He will be playing at the next level. Probably relatively soon. Bryce Sensiball was brought up. He was one of the others brought up uh, in in some of the conversation from this Twitter uh, Twitter poll that just went up uh, yesterday, and uh, it will end on Wednesday. So go in, go vote, put some comments in there. Absolutely, tell us what you think. Bryce Sensible was brought up. How can you say it's not Bryce Sensible? Well, tell me why. And if you remember, Dalton was very high on Bryce Sensible that he was. He was Dalton's freshman of the year pick at the midway point. Since then, Dalton's went away from Bryce Sensible. Now, I'm not saying that you're right, wrong, indifferent, if you still hold on to Bryce Sensible being your freshman of the year. But at some point, you have to take team performance as well as personal performance. You can go five for five and lose the game. You can go 0 for five and win the game. Which one are you happy about? Now, you're not happy that you went 0 for five necessarily, but you're happy you get the win, okay? I understand that there are different motivations for each player, but you know what? When it comes to an award, freshman of the year, my strong feeling is it's not the one that's going to do the best in the in the NBA because... The Portland Trailblazers thought Sam Bowie Bowie was going to be better than Michael Jordan, or at least they took him ahead of what many and most people argue as the greatest player ever to put on basketball shorts. 
here's the thing. Sam Bowie didn't have a bad career. I posit that they made the right choice because they wouldn't have had room for Drexler and Jordan at the same time. Not the argument I'm making here, but you can't always hit the right environment, the right team, the right players surrounding him getting drafted to an NBA team. Just like there's chemistry issues that keep you from being good or finishing three and 13 in the big 10 or being three and 14 in the big 10 at this point, you've got to take team performance at some point to into the consideration. Braden Smith mans the team that has spent the most time at the top of the polls this year. Uh, they are one of the highest seeds in the uh, in the top 16 reveal by the NCAA. He is the floor general. Lawyer Malloy is a great freshman as well. Honestly, if I had to rank them right now, it would be Smith, Shafino, Hood Shafino, and uh, Sensible, honestly. But that's not taking away. And, and you know what? Who am I? but I'm giving you my reasoning as to why now Fletcher lawyer could easily get back into my top two, top three, because if he starts lighting up some shots in the next couple of games and really pushing Purdue, uh, in, in getting, getting wins, then you may be looking at, uh, lawyer pushing the envelope and making it a discussion on whether Smith is the better freshman on his team, let alone the big 10. Huchifino is very much in this play. Very much. But it's 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 hard to argue when they're so close. I give the edge to Braden Smith. If you give it to Hood Shafino, you are more than welcome to. I don't agree, but that's fine. That's why we have conversation. We don't argue. <laughs> so it, it's... It's very interesting these these storylines that we covered with with Mike DeCourcy on on Wednesday, and uh, I, I wanted to share the Northwestern storyline. And we just we just talked about Northwestern and and that they lost in in Champaign last night, but it doesn't take away the fact that they are now, I believe, tied for second in, in the conference when many people thought this Chris Collins is last year and they were expected to be maybe 13th, maybe 14th even in the conference. And here they are sitting uh, two games back with three games to play um, at, with, a, with an outside chance of winning a Big Ten title. And uh, that's, a, that's a pretty impressive thing. So uh, let's, let's listen to uh, the first portion of Mike DeCourcy talking uh, about Northwestern. Talk a little basketball here, and and much to what Sam just said, Northwestern's the story right now. I mean, given the the context heading into the year, a lot of people thought this might be it for Chris Collins, and he, uh, maybe I, on the way I out apologize. the door, they lose Pete Nance, they lose Ryan Young to a couple of ACC rivals, and for them to be where they are right now, how do you explain the resurgence for Northwestern? Well, it starts with Chris Collins being a very good basketball coach. He is. Uh, uh, getting the right mix of players there has been a challenge over the seasons. And so they had the right mix in 2017, and they should have had the right mix in 2018. 
I don't think that that that, that offseason between 17 and 18 went very well. Uh, they they I I don't think anybody really locked down in the way that they needed to so that they could push it forward. Okay, we got to the top of the mountain. Well, there's another peak. Uh, and so we got to keep climbing. I think a lot of guys in that uh, environment got to the top of the mountain, planted the flag, and sat down for a few minutes. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. this game doesn't allow that. So that that's where they were. But he's still the coach that got him there. After a cent, no, well, not a century, because we've only had the tournament since 39, but after 75 to 80 years of not being able to do that, he gets them there. And this, so they need they needed to recalibrate and rebuild. And this is not going to be a team, a program, excuse me, that's likely to make, you know, three and four years, four and four years. Michigan State makes four and four years. Uh, most of the programs, the better programs in the league are going to make at least three. They're going to be a program that in the if, if it's ideal, they're going to be competitive year one, highly competitive year two, NCAA tournament possible year three, NCAA tournament for sure year four. That's how that's how that program would be optimal because it's not easy because you need to build and because it's not easy at, at Northwestern to bring in a lot of uh, of transfers. So he's talking about Northwestern and it can't be that traditional. The, the traditional where they're going to do it every year in and year out. So it explains a little bit as to why maybe Northwestern uh, was a little bit of a letdown last year. But then this year have made a huge jump and, and it's almost like out of nowhere. Uh, so so they, they have a progression. And uh, that's what they have to do at Northwestern, being the size school that they are in the uh, facilities that they have. They have to to build four year programs, basically. And and I think that's what what we're seeing this year. Um, That's not saying, oh, well, every four years is when Northwestern should be good. What happens in those? You know, if it doesn't, it's just like you should be good next year, but you're not. Ohio State shouldn't have been three and 14 in the Big Ten at this point, but they are. Something happened. Something's, you know, j- the the luck isn't going their way. The bounces, if you will, aren't going their way. So therefore, it's one of those that it just gets keeps snowballing and getting worse. Well, uh, that maybe that happened to Northwestern last year, and they should have been more towards an NIT, maybe an outside NCAA bid. And this year, they're a lock into it. There's nothing keeping Northwestern from the tournament now i talked about boo booey um mike DeCourcy, uh in that same conversation uh brought up boo booey is that in doing that in in trying to go through that cycle that i talked about you have a player like boo booey who in year one showed talent but made a lot of mistakes. And in year two, showed talent, but made a lot of mistakes. And in year three, showed talent, but made a lot of mistakes. And so those escalations that I talked about didn't really happen. There were mo- They were in games, but they didn't win because, in, in large part, because the player who was in charge of the ball would make difficult decisions down the stretch. Hmm. I, ca- I can't explain how that guy who had that track record 
And you can go back and look at the game film of those first three seasons if you want. I mean, if you're so inclined to challenge my assertion, you can go back and look at the, the game film of some of their close losses, final three minutes, and you can see where I'm, what I'm talking about. That player now is dominant at the end of games. It's, it's staggering. I've never, I mean, I've been, I've been covering college basketball on a regular basis since 1987. Uh, that's been my primary job since 87. And I've been covering it for uh, Big Ten Network since 2010. In, in, in the entire time at Big Ten, for sure, I have never seen a player grow like this and, and do it as rapidly as he has in that final year. That transformation has been magical. He is, he, in, in the end of games, he dominates. He doesn't make bad decisions. He makes great decisions. He, he does things that, that he can get done he, and that are tough to do sometimes. Not an ordinary player, ordinary player can do it, but he knows that he can do it. So he's got high praise for Boo Booey. I mean, for him to say that he's been doing this for upwards of, uh, you know, over 30 years writing about and covering uh, college basketball, this is the biggest transformation, the biggest improvement he's seen from one year to another in a player in Boo Booey. He, he showed that too. He showed that Boo Booey, or I'm sorry, Boo Booey showed last night that he, Mike DeCourcy, was correct. He knows how to take hold of a game. Granted, it was the first half, but it is totally hitting the point. Up until this year, you never expected that from Boo Booey. You didn't expect 22 in the first half and he shooting out of his mind. You didn't expect 35 from him. So the... Excuse me. That is going to be a big, huge poor, uh, part of how far Northwestern will go in in the tournament. If Boo Booey can take control like that, and Northwestern can hold it together, weather the storm of whatever team they're playing coming back at them, that will determine uh, because they can play with anybody. They've beaten Purdue. They've beaten IU, both of the other teams at the top, with them. So I think you look out for Northwestern. They, 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 they have a great opportunity here to go further than their first time in the in the tournament. And that time, I they should have beaten Gonzaga that year, uh, but there was no goaltending call when the guy put his hand through the hoop to block the the, the shot. Uh, but yeah, so that that's kind of what what we're looking at when it comes to uh, Northwestern uh, and the the freshman of the year talk. We're running a little long on the first quarter, so I'm not going to run part three. It was just him wrapping up what he was talking about with Boo Booey, and uh, then putting a fine fine bow on, or a bow on the Northwestern talk. Um, he's not uh, basically, essentially Mike DeCourcy says he's just, he's not making the poor decisions any longer. He's actually taking control. And, and I know he reiterated that or said that in the second portion, but he reiterates it. So, uh, let's move to the second quarter and look at the men's standings and kind of talk about what the schedule is coming up and, uh, what's happened in the past uh, day or so. 
Uh, I know we talked about the Illinois-Northwestern game, so we won't talk about that one, but we'll talk about what's coming up at least. Okay, here we are. We're back in the second quarter. We're going to look at the uh, men's Big Ten standings right now. We're looking at uh, Purdue-Northwestern top by themselves. Right there, uh, you've got Illinois and IU tied for third. Right now, Illinois and IU both can only tie. So your preseason favorites for the Big Ten have to hope for the two teams above them to lose out and for them both to win out and they'll get a share for a tie for the share of uh, uh, of the conference title. Don't see that happening. Okay. I, especially, I mean, it could, don't get me wrong. It very much could, but I highly doubt that it will. Uh, Purdue's remaining schedule is IU on Saturday. And, and we'll, we'll get into that just a little bit uh, before we hit the half. Uh, but Purdue plays IU on Saturday, then they play at Wisconsin, and then they host Illinois. So IU and Illinois both play in part uh, a part in Purdue going 0-3 for the rest of the way and trying to salvage a uh, Big Ten championship. But you've got to hope that Wisconsin can hold th- hold hold uh, suit or hold uh, hold court at the Kohl Center where Purdue has notoriously struggled they've struggled at the Kohl center notoriously back in the er, mid 90s purdue's undefeated 14 and 0 1 and 0 in the big 10 glenn robinson's running through everybody they go to they go to madison and they get beat wisconsin beats them down so the, the last year Purdue's playing to get into a tie for the for the Big Ten lead at the end of the season. They win, they more than likely win the, the Big Ten championship. They have a, 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 a lead. Wisconsin banks in a three. Purdue goes down, <laughs> scores a bucket to get the lead back. Wisconsin banks one in to end or near the very end and wins the game. Purdue doesn't perform well in Wisconsin or in Madison. It just it, it, so to say that it's not going to happen would be foolish. I could see IU beating Purdue on Saturday. I don't want it to happen, and I'm going to root like hell for it not to. But they could, they could lose on Saturday. I could see them going to the Cole Center and losing to Wisconsin. They have a very good freshman there in Connor Asijan from Northeast Indiana. I've seen him play uh, in person. I know his high school coach very well, talks extremely highly of him, and I'm seeing him produce more and more and more with uh, for the Badgers. He's at home. He gets a hot hand. That could be trouble for Purdue if Purdue doesn't do what they've done all year. Uh, IU has got a chance, and Illinois has got a chance because they play at least one of the top two teams. I'm not well-versed in the Northwestern schedule, so let me pull it up real quick. They have Maryland at Maryland. Could be a loss. And if that that is a if they lose 
on Sunday. If Purdue, if they lose on Sunday, it, it clinches a tie for the conference championship for Purdue, no matter the outcome of Saturday's game. If Purdue wins Saturday, they clinch a tie. If Purdue wins Saturday and Northwestern loses on Sunday, that clinches the whole thing for Purdue. It'll give them a three-game lead with two games to play. They win it outright. So by 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 our next by Wednesday when we're on again, Purdue could be the outright champion of the Big Ten for the men with a couple of games to play. It's a good position to be in. But if they were to beat Maryland, let's say they beat Maryland, they've got Penn State at home. Luckily, it's at home. That's senior day for the for the Wildcats. They play at home against Penn State. Jalen Pickett is amazing. He had a great game against Ohio State yesterday. Penn State wins, stays in the hunt. They're 8-9. and nine. They're 10th in the conference and 8-9. and nine. They, could, they could jump up there. And granted, they're not going to jump up to the, first, the to the top half to a first day bye. But right now, with the way things are looking, Wisconsin plays on the first day, Penn State plays on the second day. So they have to keep winning. So this game against Northwestern is big for Penn State as well. They're not just cruising along waiting for the tournament. That one day bye is a huge thing. And I know. In the words of Mike DeCourcy, Penn State's not going to let the ball not go through Jalen Pickett's hands when they need him to do so. And you know what? There's not many in this conference that I would argue uh, should have it over him. I'm not saying there isn't anybody. I'm just saying there's not many. If you need a big shot, Jalen Pickett's the one you go is is at the top of many people's lists. Maryland hanging in there. If they, you know, what's funny is if Maryland beats Northwestern, that would pull Northwestern into a tie with Maryland, and they're tied with IU and Illinois. So, like, if they, if Maryland keeps winning, and I'm sorry, Northwestern wraps up at Rutgers on the fifth of March, but Maryland, if they keep winning, they could end up the number two seed. This is that that's the crazy thing about this is is just one win flips a lot. Two wins flips a lot. Oh yeah, Northwestern on uh, the twenty sixth. So on Sunday is when they play. Is when Maryland plays them. Then they go on the road at Ohio State. Very winnable, even though it's on the road and Maryland tends to struggle on the road. That's a very winnable game. That's a good game to have on the road. And then at Penn State, that could be a difficult one for Maryland. Uh, They might want to watch out there simply because Penn State plays a heck of a lot better on the road, and we just talked about Jalen Pickett, and they need these games. This is such a huge, huge week and a half left of of the season. Purdue and IU play tomorrow. That that that's going to rule the weekend because of it being number one against the team tied for tied for third in the conference. They have conference ramifications, uh, championship ramifications. They are both ranked, and oh my goodness, they're also arch rivals of one another. 
it's all adding up to be a really, really big game on Saturday at Mackey Arena. Purdue's got the home crowd. That's a big advantage for this game. <clears throat> I was watching something on uh, a reel uh, put out by, by Big Ten Network. And they were asking all the coaches, toughest play to, place to play. They showed 10 of the 14 coaches in the conference. 10 of the 14. One being Matt Painter. Seven of those 10 said Mackey Arena, including Tom Izzo and including Greg Gard. Now, there was a Breslin Center in there, Juwan Howard. You know, that said the Breslin, which I wouldn't argue Breslin being at the top of the list as well. And I also wouldn't argue Juwan Howard saying that because that's the arch rival going into. It always gets just a little bit louder when it's the arch rival. So Mackey's going to be rocking Saturday. So IU's going to have to deflate the crowd quickly and, in, and instead of doing what they did in Bloomington and letting Purdue back into the game, they got to keep their foot on the throat and keep the foot on the gas. There's no time to cruise. And, and, and you know what? You can say, well, Sam, that was Purdue. I, I understand that. But that's just it. You, if you develop that lead, you need to make adjustments to where you can at least quell it. Don't let it be a one-possession game a one-point game with the other team having the ball to take the lead if they can make a shot after having a 15-point lead uh, in the second half. It's 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 a struggle, but but that I, and and that's a huge advantage IU has in Bloomington, and they allowed Purdue to play their game and get back into it and have the opportunity to take the lead. That's why I didn't panic after Purdue lost at IU. But it's going to be interesting to see where everything goes uh, after tomorrow. Because tomorrow Purdue wins, they clinch a tie. Which is kind of ironic that the, the IU women, which we'll talk about on the other side of the, the halftime break, the IU women clinch their, uh, their tie or their, their, divi their uh, conference championship, at least a tie for the conference championship, against Purdue. So it's kind of, kind of full circle. And it was in Bloomington, and this would be in West Lafayette. So um, not saying that uh, I'm, I'm not counting my chickens before they're hatched. I just know if Purdue wins tomorrow, they clinch at least a tie for the Big Ten championship. So um, tomorrow is, is, very, is very weighted. It's going to have a lot going on, and uh, I'm really excited for this weekend. Uh, I'm also going to be keeping an eye out on that, that Northwestern uh, Maryland game as well on Sunday. Um, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how that, that – I still anticipate Purdue winning the, the, the championship. I, I, I don't think that that's me being homer. That's me looking at it and going, okay, they've got a two full two-game lead with three to play. They're going to have to have a monumental meltdown while Northwestern is going to have to win some games or IU and Illinois are going to have to run the tables. So that's a very – or even Maryland. That's a very difficult – or Michigan. Jeez, oh, Pete's, I'm looking at all these seven loss teams. They're all not eliminated. There are seven teams technically still mathematically available to win uh, at least a share of the Big Ten championship this year. Insane and crazy. I've never seen it this way. 
but uh, I anticipate that. But two through seven, maybe even two through ten, could be completely different uh, come the the uh, Big Ten tournament. So uh, something to keep an eye on and uh, something to uh, look forward to as we get closer to Selection Sunday and uh, uh, see where these teams get seated and get uh, get shipped out to for their first and second round games. Um, I'm hoping some of them make it to the Columbus uh, Columbus pod. So, uh, but uh, let's hit the halftime break and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk some some women's standings and hoops on the other side of the break. You are listening to Big Ten Plus Four, hosted on Anchor and Streamyard. I'm Richie, aka Midnight Agent Raw. I'm Devin, aka Special Delivery Dev. We're the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, pro wrestling, and much more. Check us out at SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Shades on. We're off. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Richie. I'm Little Matt. And here in the 500 Section Lounge, we are three dads who host a family-friendly weekly podcast. Yep, we laugh, we go on tangents, and we talk to great guests. Tangents? I, I don't know what you're talking about with that. You know, there are gases leaking. Uh, all right, all right, okay. Yeah, we have legendary conversations from sports to history and everything in between. So be on the lookout for what we do next. And always be there to grab, grab a listen. listen. So, Tony, uh, I just bought some flyers to do, you know, like a, a, a grassroots type of advertising for Big Ten Plus Four. And uh, you, you, oh, yeah, you can't go wrong with that type of promotion either. Yeah, correct. And I, I got I got a great deal on flyers at Sticker Mule. Yeah, I remember you saying that all of our stickers, all of our Klingons, everything like that, that comes from Sticker Mule. Yeah, now our flyers, too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So sticker mule is supposed to be the easiest way you can buy custom stickers, decals, labels, and other printing items all online, right? Yeah. Order in 60 seconds and they'll turn your designs and illustrations into custom stickers, magnets, buttons, labels, and packaging in just days. They offer free online proofs, free worldwide shipping, and super fast turnaround. If you click on the link in the show notes, Herman is going to give you $10 off any purchase of at least $10. And you can start designing an order in minutes with Sticker Mule. Yeah, and thank you, Sticker Mule. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, jump over to the to the women's side of the basketball in the Big Ten. And uh, we have an outright champion. We talked about this on, on Wednesday, Dalton and I did. Uh, they, uh, the Indiana Hoosier women have won the Big Ten championship outright. They won a share. Uh, with their victory over Purdue last week, and then with the Maryland drubbing of Iowa, uh, that clinched the outright conference championship for the Indiana Hoosiers. So uh, first outright conference championship since 1983. 40 years. I was three years old. I hadn't turned four yet uh, when they won last uh, been a long time coming and uh you know what the one of the best teams in the country they're undefeated at home they they've only lost one road game and it was a battle uh with michigan state dalton will tell you every time that i use uh record comes up that that one loss was michigan state but it was in east lansing so indiana 
went on the they they, they were clipped on the road okay and uh ah, now i see why that's a little wider it's uh it's three wide instead of two sorry uh just uh, recognized a graphic error um but my point on this this whole thing that's against ranked teams not home record um my whole point on this is I think IU is setting themselves up to 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 make a long run in March. Uh, do I think they're going to win the national championship? I don't know. Uh, there is a lot more parity in the women's game now than there was in the past 20 years. Um, I don't know that you're going to see a 100-plus game winning streak like you did back when uh, when UConn did it. Uh, back in the early 2000s, I think uh, there's getting to be more parity. The exposure that players are getting at different schools is becoming uh, more and more um, easily accessible for everybody to see. So you don't have to go to the to the Tennessee. You don't have to go to the the Yukon. You don't have to go to the Baylor, the South Carolina. You can go anywhere and put together a good team and now the exposure and things like that they're all they're all helping the parity in in women's basketball and i think it's great because it's making the big 10 especially for this for the purpose of this conversation making the big 10 so stinking exciting if you look the fourth best team ohio state is 12 and 5 you go down to the seventh best team on this list purdue nine and seven like they're they're jammed in there then you have the top three that are jammed in together within two games granted there's only one left to play i get that there's only one left to play they can't be caught but they're they're packed in there there's two games separation between the third best team and the fourth best team which isn't a lot but it's enough to say okay those three those top three they're 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 it they're the cream then you've got the the good stuff right under that and it's 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 a good packed conference nebraska hanging out over there on the other side uh at number eight in the conference and you know what they they had a whale of a game and i'm trying to pull it up here really quickly illinois they beat illinois they thumped illinois in champagne 90 to 57 that is a big statement and illinois is good you look over on the other side, they're 10 and 7 in the conference, 20 and 8 overall. Nebraska went into Champaign and just just laid it to them. 33-point win for Nebraska in Champaign. We talked about how insanely odd it is to see a team on the bubble with a 15 and 13. Well, at the time it was 14 and 13 record. That doesn't happen. But here we have Nebraska, and they are coming hard. They're coming hard. They've got one more game left in the conference regular season. It's against Northwestern. They should win that. If you look, Northwestern's at the bottom at 2-15. and 15. Not saying it's a gimme. I'm not going to say that, that they're absolutely no problem going to win, but it's a, in Lincoln against Northwestern should be a win for nebraska then they go into the tournament and play they get a couple of big wins they're all of a sudden sitting 
at 19 and 13, I think that locks them in. If they can win against Northwestern, which they should, and then they go and they get a couple of wins, at least one, maybe, to separate that wins and loss totals, I think they'll be a lock. So it, it's it, this is going to be a fun weekend for the women just to see where the final seedings come because you've got Rutgers could or Wisconsin could supersede Michigan State. And if you look, you if you notice, Purdue and Michigan State are both at 16 games. They both only have one remaining game on their schedule because the game that uh, against uh, or between them uh, was postponed, and I don't know that they're going to make it up. I don't know that there's enough time to make it up. And uh, unless it matters on seeding, I don't know that they will play it. I don't know if they've announced that they have or that they are not intending to play it. I'll have to text Dalton and 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 see. But my whole point on this is, it's 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 a a conference that there's a lot that can happen. And Nebraska sitting at seven and ten, top of the bottom half, but but seven and ten overall. Best they can finish in the regular season is eight and ten. They're 15 and 13. The best they can finish. The best they can finish overall is 16 and 13. If you look at their overall record. It's going to be very interesting to see how this tournament plays out. It's just going to be very interesting to see. So let's move to the fourth quarter. I've got a a, a fun headline, I guess, a, a what if headline. Uh, for today, and uh, then we'll get out of here. So uh, let's move to the fourth quarter. Okay, so we we are in the fourth quarter. We're going to be doing our uh, oh shoot, there we go. We're going to be doing our our headlines. This is where we do our headlines. So uh, what we're going to do today is just mine. It's just mine. <laughs> Uh, my headline is from the Sam Sentinel, and let's take a look at this. You are looking at, well, let's, let's stop that. I'm sorry. Let, let me work on that while I talk, uh, through my, my headline here. Uh, it's, the, this conference is going to get much bigger. It's just, it's going to happen. It's going to be a, uh, expansion is going to happen. It, it's, it's looking more and more like it could easily be, um, um, more than the 16 that we've got. And I found a, uh, a post from Saturday tradition. And if I can get this to open, I would love it. Open with let's open it up with this so the uh, this this from saturday tradition actually is a little bit more of a uh uh what uh who else they could bring in i guess is is more of a a better way to kind of put it i guess um but it's it's breaking up the the existing teams and the ones that would be added in into 
four divisions. And I think this is a really good, good idea. I really do. Uh, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a stretch because it, it requires the big 10 going out to the West coast and grabbing a bunch, a bunch of, uh, pack 12 teams. So let's take a look at the, at the uh, thing here that I've got and and I apologize for this being so choppy. It was, uh, I was trying to find it and then I couldn't find it. And then I finally found it and thought I had it, but let's take a look at this. It's got uh, UCLA, USC. We knew, we know those teams are coming, but it also adds in Washington, Oregon, and Stanford and making that the West division. This isn't a horrible idea. This is, these three teams are kind of already talked about as potential, uh, potential big 10 conference uh, teams or add-ons. But then if you look in the central, you've got Michigan state, Michigan, Notre Dame, Northwestern and Purdue in the central. This takes a very conscious way of breaking it into these divisions. There's no real overlap. There's no overlap as far as I can see, uh, can envision on my, in the map in my brain. There's no overlap to where, well, shouldn't Michigan and Michigan State be in the East? No. Ohio State is that that line, and you would still put Michigan and Michigan State into a different uh, uh, division. I love this. You're breaking up the two power, most powerful ones traditionally in the Big Ten and putting them in different conference or different divisions. You're putting a historical blue blood with one of those, and it it, it matches geographically. You get to maintain Michigan and Notre Dame will play every year now. And it's built into the schedule, so you don't have to figure out a date or years that it works best for our, our schedule. It will be done for you. The Big Ten will put this into your schedule. I love it. I love that uh, this is at least even a thought, right? The Big Ten has aspirations of going uh, going into and being the conference. If you're going to add, and, and honestly, if you add Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Notre Dame onto uh, UCLA and USC, to me, this is the best conference. And I'm talking in sports. Not necessarily just football, but it's going to be really competitive in football, and it will be really, really good in basketball and the other sports that they already compete at a high level. Obviously, Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Notre Dame all have to be added in. They all have to be, not coerced, but convinced that the Big Ten's the place to go and the pac is not the place. It's not going to turn out to be much. And uh, the Big 12, they're the Big 12. You come to the Big Ten, we'll take care of you. It's a big media deal for it, too. So I think this could be a very exciting Uh, revelation if they were to be able to go and make a move and put in and get those four teams i think the big 10 uh it's in their best interest to do something like that and get some really really big programs to join the big 10 on top of what they already have 
and you will have a historically dominant conference. And I'm not talking historically Big Ten, but a conference that has teams and programs that have historically been the best. So you'll have the conference that's probably the most successful historically. And goodness gracious, the way things are playing, those teams are going to be bears in, in, in the future. I still think it's a mistake if the Big 12, I guess, I guess, I guess if the Big 12 is uh, going to stick around, maybe, but I'm still really surprised that the Big 10 hasn't, maybe they have and we just don't know it, or maybe it just didn't pan out for them, but I'm really still surprised that they haven't gone after the state of Texas and somebody like Baylor to where, yeah, they're, they're really good and everything, but I think it's one of those that, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling, but uh, that is the Sam Sentinel. Apologies again for that taking so long and being kind of choppy, but I, I thought I had the, the graphic uh, ready, and uh, it uh, decided it wasn't going to cooperate so much. But uh, that is the fourth quarter. Well, that, that brings us to the point of everything going on with Big Ten Plus Four. <clears throat> where can you find us what uh when do we stream all that fun stuff it's it we're, we're pretty active at least at least on the twitter uh pretty active with uh announcements and content uh one thing you don't see on here and i'll go through this list and then i'll tell you what you don't see on here as well excuse me you can find us on twitter tick the tiktoks and uh, the instagram it's at Big Ten Plus Four. You got to spell it the plus. You cannot put the plus sign. That won't uh, that won't work on those on those uh, social medias. But if you go to Facebook, the Facebook will let you type in the plus, type out the word plus. Either way, you will find us. Big Ten Plus Four. We are on Odd Pods Media, where we are the only sports show on the on the uh, the network. But Odd Pods sounds weird, right? Well, we've got a, a British panel game show game uh show we have a show that talks about weird owl and beer combined not not weird owl wearing beer but like they talk weird owl while drinking beer and then they talk about the beer that they're drinking uh beer in front which is a, a gentleman in chicago that uh, covers all the great beers that uh people suggest to him or or chicago breweries as well uh we have a, a music podcast we have a pop culture con uh podcast we have a couple of interview, uh, conversational interview style shows. It's a great uh, network. ASAP, the All Sports All Plays Network. We are streamed twice a week on ASAP. Thank you so much for for to ASAP for that. Uh, they have uh, now gotten an app. So you go to the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, whatever it is called. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, I don't have an Apple uh, device. So. Uh, but go to there uh, to either one of those stores. Download the the ASAP Network app. Uh, it's under construction a little bit. You can still get a lot of good content, uh, video clips from shows, uh, recorded uh, portions of shows and whatnot. But you uh, uh, shortly down the road we will have uh, live broadcasts on there through our TV channel that you can go to Amazon, uh, Roku, anywhere that you can download streaming television channels we are on there as well 
Uh, if you don't want to do that or do you don't have the app on the on your phone or your television, you still want to watch us. Go to go to Spotify. Grab uh, grab the video podcast or video cast of that uh, that day's show. Wow, I packed a lot in there. You can find our podcast anywhere that uh, you listen to podcasts. Uh, Big Ten Plus Four. While it is not a, a it started out as a podcast. Uh, we have morphed into a television show that runs an audio podcast of that show uh, later in the day. So you'll be able to uh, take us with you whenever, wherever you want. That's it's dangerous. But anyways, that is the show for today. This week, we're wrapping it up next Wednesday. I wanted to mention next Wednesday, Dalton is going to be in Minneapolis for the women's uh, Big Ten tournament. So I've got a guest host, Tony is uh we were hoping to have tony today but he had a flight uh come in late so he wasn't able to get on today uh he he's still kind of in flux so we're still working with him on that uh but i've got a guest host it's game day gabby from uh, she is a contributing writer to hammer and rails a uh, purdue um entity i guess or they cover purdue purdue sports uh we're going to talk some men's and women's basketball obviously it's the season uh but by then we'll have a finished uh bracket for the women's for the women's side and uh for the men we may have an outright big 10 champion or we may still be in flux uh to where uh we don't have even a share for the for the big 10 championship yet we don't know we we're excited to be able to see that but but game day gabby she will be with us on wednesday uh, to talk about all the happenings of this weekend and kind of look forward uh, into the weekend uh, next week. So uh, from Big Ten Plus Four, Tony Hollinsworth, who's not in today, and uh, we're hoping to get him back as soon as possible. Dalton Shetler, who is uh, normally out on Fridays, but uh, is out with the uh, Big Ten uh, Women's uh, Conference champ- or, uh, Tournament next week. I'm Sam Sprunger. I'll be here. I'm, I'm pretty consistent, but I'll be here. And, uh, for all of you, for all of us here, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, you know what? We'll, uh, we'll see you later.